At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 171. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing, buddy? I got a, a bunch of things that I can maybe, you know, rap, uh, rap about right now. Yeah, let's do it. Like Christmas is coming up, so that's something. Um, Scrooge. But I'm going to go with NHL 21, which I recently acquired. Okay. And uh, I am not a fan of their Be a Pro campaign thing. Why? Just, it's just not well done at all. Okay. It's not like... It's not that much worse than NHL 20. It's just kind of like I'm, I was a sixth round pick because I got nothing done. I played two games leading up to my draft and I got nothing done because of I I, I played. I, I did it anyways. It was my fault. Anyways, I'm a sixth round. I was sixth round pick. I come in. I play like two minutes and like we wanted you to be the first star of the game. Why weren't you the first star of the game playing four minutes tonight? I'm sorry. How the hell did you think that was going to happen? Unrealistic. And then they keep me on the team. I don't know how I made the team at the end of the day. I was the worst player on the team. I'm like 71 overall, the worst player in the league. And they're like, we got to keep this six round pick on the team. What? No, send me back, please. I kept saying, just send me back. I need to earn more. Just send me back. And they didn't. You know, I hate it. You know, it's bad when you're asking to get sent back in a video game. No less. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. I want to light up the whatever league they'll put me in. Just let me play with people of my caliber. And they're like, no, no, you, you, sir, you sixth round pick, you 129th overall. You have to stay in the NHL in your draft year. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Come on. That's tough. So that's what's going on with me. What about you? Uh, I am getting ready for Thanksgiving tomorrow. So I am preparing to eat my body weight in mashed potatoes. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. How much gravy are you putting on those mashed potatoes? Uh, okay, you're gonna you're not gonna like me. I have. I oh, have you're t- gonna say none. I'm none. gonna eat you. But I I only I put gravy on the turkey. The you don't need to mess around with the potatoes. You just do a little salt and pepper on potatoes, and that's more than enough. You don't need any gravy on there. I I wildly disagree. But then again, I really just want the gravy. So like the mashed potatoes, while I, which I love, it's my second favorite side. Okay, mashed potatoes. Uh, it goes mashed potatoes, stuffing, and then uh, then the turkey. That's how I, I consume my meal. Of course, all all of them doused in gravy. Turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes. It's just a gravy pool, really. Yeah, you kind of just, you're having gravy with a side of turkey, mashed potatoes, and stuffing. That's right. That That's absolutely correct. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm just very much looking forward to my potatoes. I know that's very on brand for me, the, the Irish guy on the podcast. <laughs> I, I understand. I fit the stereotype. I am willing to embrace it. I, I love it. I can't wait. I'm so stoked for you. That's tomorrow, right? Yep. It's on a Thursday? Yep. Uh, it's uh, Thursday, the third Thursday of every November, I think. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you and all my American friends. Yes, thank you. So... We have a lot to talk about today, Mitch. And actually, quick backstory is going to rope into our first uh, segment. Okay. So you know how we like peek behind the curtain. We have been trying, like, racking our brains to come up with content for for the podcast and to write on the website. And uh, of course, Lou Lamarillo always does this to me. So the Devontae's trade happened when I was like at work. I was about I was about to leave. It was like four thirty, and I was like, okay, I'm about to get out of here. Drops a bomb, boom, trade. I was doing I was doing nothing. I was off today. 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go pick up Chipotle for lunch. I was in the mood, so I'm going to go pick up a Chipotle. I don't even make it all the way down my block, and I get the notification on my phone. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm sitting around all morning, and the second I go to pick up my lunch, we get the Johnny Boychuk news. I'm glad you texted me to, to, to put something up because I had no idea. I was like running around the house trying to get one kid lunch and the other kid in the bathroom. And anyways, and then I get the text and like, are you going to do the boy check thing? And I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. This is a weird Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, Nothing yeah. usually happens. And sure enough, boom, Johnny Boychuk no longer going to play hockey anymore. Yeah. So let's get into it. So we found out today the Islanders in a statement said that Johnny Boychuk's career is over due to an eye injury that he suffered during the regular season, which is honestly unbelievable that he was able to come back and play in the playoffs when you think about it. with Yeah, wasn't something like 80 or 90 stitches he had to take to the eye? I believe it was 90 stitches to close the gash on his eyelid. That That's insane. Like, seriously, what a warrior. I know that word was being tossed around a lot online today, but it's so apropos when describing Johnny Boychuk because that is truly you know, a warrior's mentality to be able to come back from that and play. And you could tell in the in the uh, press conference today over Zoom, he was pretty emotional about it, which, I mean, obviously you're going to be, but you could tell how much it, it meant to him to be here and be with those guys. And, you know, everything that was shared on social media, it just goes to show you the kind of guy that, that Boychuk is. And uh, he's going to be missed in that room. He was a really, really good Islander, Mitch, for six years. Yeah, no, he was he was something, right? Like it wasn't just he played big minutes and he had a bunch and he had a few good jokes. Like this guy literally left it all on the ice. There's a reason he's never played a full NHL season. It's because he gave it all physically. Yep. Like just demanding physical presence on the ice. Uh, and that that takes a wear and tear, and of course, like he's not ending his career because, like, while my leg doesn't work the same anymore, like he took an unfortunate skate to the eye that has nothing to do with the style of play that he played. Um, but my God, what what a guy! What and then bombs from the blue line, and yep. just and then on top of that, world class human being, an incredible jokester, and great person in the room, like. It's just like, man, I, it's the kind of guy you want to be buddies with, really. Oh, no, absolutely. And that's what it seemed like, you know, everyone on on the team who's tweeting out today. They they obviously felt the same way. And honestly, what I wanted to get into also a little bit is how different the Islanders were as a team after they traded for Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty. That really changed everything because that was the beginning of – their, their success, they they had back-to-back 100-point seasons. They dipped for a couple of years after that, and then they came back and made the playoffs a couple of times after that and went on deep runs. Like he, They made the playoffs in, in four of the six years that he was here, and he was a huge part to each one of those teams and played an important role on each one of those teams. You're right. Like that that trade, or those, oh, sorry, that trade. Those two trades on was it October fourth, twenty fourteen? Yep. I may have got the actual day right. It's fourth or sixth or something like that. Early October, boom. Gar Snow makes two huge trades, pulls in Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk, and and all he had to give off was three picks, one of them conditional for Boychuk, and then a slew of prospects and and the rights to another prospect, Vili Poke, I believe. Yeah. For Nick Letty, and already right there and then, he now has a top pair defensive unit. He's got a stay-at-home defenseman, quote-unquote, in Johnny Boychuk, which wasn't really stay-at-home-ish. No. Uh, and then he's got an offensive defenseman and a, a puck lugger in, in, in Nick Letty. Boom, just like that. And that's something they didn't have for a while, right? Like, they were no. just like their goalies, like, churning out options. Like, let's try this guy. Let's try this. And, like, some of them worked, right? Like, Mark Strait, great guy on the yeah, defensive yeah. end. Um, but and none of them for a, a sustained period of time. Like, right, right Strait was here. Well, two played two, I think it was, and then uh, he the third one he missed through injury, wasn't it? Uh, Mark Strait came in. No, he was here for a while. Uh, the 2008 season was his first year, and then he stayed through 2012-13. So it's four years. Right, so, so three years because he missed one through injury. Okay, I didn't remember that. Um, which is whatever, still, like, that that's as close as they got, and then they got Johnny Boychuk, Nick Letty, two young-ish guys, and I say young-ish because Nick Letty was young, whereas Johnny Boychuk was not, and he was a Stanley Cup winner, winner right, yep. like three years prior. Uh, so that that was huge for them, and and it paid dividends. We paid him a lot of money, right, like forty-two million dollars over seven years, but it was worth it. 
Oh, 100%. And what they were able to get out of him, one in that first year, he was tremendous. Uh, yeah. He scored, I believe it was nine goals and like 35 points, something like that. He was. That is exactly correct. He was excellent for that team. And another memory that came up because it was getting retweeted all over the timeline that play that he had against Alexander Ovechkin in the playoffs at the oh, end of the second period. Sweeping back. Yeah, sweeping back. Uh, he, that's just the guy that he was. He put his body on the line all the time and was doing it for the better of the team and he went out there and made a really good play on the puck to you know close out a period and uh, it, it stinks like we we kind of knew this was coming because we were talking about him being traded and that the Islanders should should trade him which i you know it, it's it's something they likely had to do due to the cap situation but still when you think back about what Johnny Boychuk was to this team you can't discredit anything that he's done and and you know by us saying that it was probably time to move on that's not saying that we don't love the guy it's just with the cap situation it was probably something that had to happen but now that it's now that it's official I don't know I think it just hit me a little bit more today because you're realizing this guy's not going to be on the team anymore which is something that you've been used to for six years now and he's been such a big part of it for a long time yeah that's really that's really it right like even seeing him traded still would have sucked. It, it would yeah. not have felt right to see Johnny Boychuk play on another team, even though he has played on two other teams, right, Colorado and Boston. Yeah. Uh, but but it would just it would have felt weird, and um, especially a trade because you're like we we sent you away. This is it's still it doesn't feel right. Like this isn't the way it was supposed to end. And trade as well, it wasn't supposed to end that way at all. Um, but that this has to happen like he said this is a life choice like the guy has irreversible damage to like nerve damage to his eye he's he talked about that that hit um why can't they think of the the guy the florida panther defenseman's name that hit him uh that took him out right I can't was it mark mathot mark no it was not mark mathot the other one mark i thought played for- i the matheson mark sorry. Matheson. i always mix those yes. two up i i always do that i'm sorry thank you he didn't see him coming and he's not saying, like, I, I should have seen him coming, but I probably should have seen him coming. That's what told me that something was wrong. Right? Like, he had, to, he, he had to end the career because if you can't see things, already you're playing a hard style and you're putting your body in an uncomfortable position yeah. and a dangerous position, right? If you're not seeing someone coming uh, and you can get hit by a freight train. So, like, is that really what you want? No. No. So, like, now, now he, he hangs it up. It's unfortunate that it happens. But like th- this is kind of beneficial for the Islanders. No, it is, and we we can get we can get into that now. But I think we, it was important to talk about how how important he was to the Islanders for for so long and what he meant to this team. And you know he's going to be missed. Um, but with with all that being said, the Islanders will be able to put him on LTIR, which is essentially freeing up that six million dollar cap hit over the next two years because they can go over the the cap by that six million dollars. Correct. They can absolutely do that. So the way it works is that you don't just get a free six million. It's not like if you retired, right? If you retired today, it's gone. Like yep. it does not exist anymore. And no, there's no recapture penalty. I've seen that said to other places. There is no recapture penalty on Johnny Boychuk. Uh, there's like a handful of players left in the league that would a uh, cap recapture penalty would apply to. He's not one of them. Uh, at, nor, nor is Lad, mind you. So if he retires, it's gone. I don't imagine he said himself he's not retiring. So yeah. that means, like you said, it's, he's going to quote unquote retire. So he will no longer play. And that means the team will put him on LTIR. And what that does is the team, the Islanders, can now go over the ACSL, which is the accruable salary or cap salary level, something okay. like that. Um, so that that's the salary cap minus the cap space they have now, mm-hmm. plus $6 million. They can now go up to that amount. That's perfect. So, like, that's how much space they have now, uh, which, you know, frees up a considerable amount of space, right? It doesn't free up a ton because, um, like, they, you know, if you take, uh, it's $81.5 million, right? The right. cap space now. They have $3.95 million, minus 3.905, so 77.595 plus 6. So they can effectively go up to $83 million is what they can go over, uh, go to now, $83.5 million. They've already used 77.594, meaning they have $6.001 million to play with. 
But if they right now, okay, uh, as of okay, gotcha. But th- that that could change depending on who they sign and for how much. Yeah, well, of course, right? So, but so you still have Barzal to sign. You still technically have Mad Martin. You still have uh, Andy Green, maybe, and who knows about Derek Brassard, right? Correct. And none of those are going to be huge deals. Well, one of them, Matthew Barzal, will be, and yes. the other three will not. That's right. So but that six million is not enough. Well, wouldn't it be? You can go over the eighty-one point five by six. No, no, no. Well, so it. Of course, that's as it stands right now, right? Like no one is signed right now. Uh, if he signs, because that's the way it works. LTR isn't just like eighty-one point five plus six. If they get to the eighty-one point five, yeah, then they can go over by six. But they have to get there first once they put him on LTIR. So he's not going to go on LTIR until officially, until they've made they've made other signings. So they're probably going to sign those two guys like Green and Martin, send those in officially at at some point soon, and then they can go up to over the six. Right. Okay. So like there's there's still other work to do. So it's not just like we got another free six million dollars. It's not necessarily how it works. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Right. It does. It does help, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, already, right? Like we've effectively created another $3 million or one, $2.1 million worth of cap space already without doing anything else. Now, what's your take on Andrew Ladd? Do you think they could still get him to LTIR also? I would imagine so. Okay. So then right, like, let's play the game. If you move Andrew Ladd to LTIR, then would that be enough? I would think yes. Oh yeah, because now you have effectively eleven point five million dollars worth of LTIR space to at most play with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you you've got the room now. You're good. Yeah, at that point, I'd imagine you'd be able to get Barzal done. Because what do you think Barzal gets? Seven or eight, somewhere like that. I've said seven. Um, I don't imagine it goes higher than eight. It also depends, right, on how long he's going to sign for. Right. Uh, and with the whole escrow thing and, and figuring out what's going on for the season, I'm not sure he's going to want to sign a big deal right now anyways. So maybe a bridge deal? Maybe that number is smaller than what we... Well, that's think. just it, right? Like we saw, well, how much did Ryan Pollock sign for again? Five mil. Yeah, like, five mil over two years. So maybe we're looking at six or seven over two or three years. That That's what I... I'm at seven by two. Okay. Uh, and that's only because like escrow was supposed to be capped, but they want to bring it up and they want to increase deferrals. So like someone who's making a lot of money or, or could make a lot of money might not want to make a lot of money right now. I see. Okay. So it, it, it's tricky too because of the whole COVID situation and, and, the, and all that stuff going on. So maybe just getting by for the next couple of years is in their best interest and then like reevaluate when things are back to normal. Which is what Ryan Pollock did, right? Like yeah, that's yeah. why he signed five million. That's still a bump, right? That's yeah. a three million dollar bump per year, uh, on just looking at the AAV. That is, uh, but yeah, like I could see Matthew Barzell doing the same thing because because why why sign a ten million dollar ten by eight million dollar deal right now, considering where they are, where everything is economically? Like how much you're gonna have to give that back through deferrals, or deferrals you eventually get back, but like right. when are you gonna get it? And then if escrow stays that. Who knows what escrow is going to be at, right? Because like the owners are losing money, and they're going to have they're going to want to get it back somehow. Guess what? That's escrow. So how much are you going to lose if you sign a big deal? Well, let's wait. Let's wait. And plus, a TV deal in the state is going to be signed next year, is it? I believe. I believe so. Yeah. And like you got ESPN wanting it, NBC still wants to keep it. So now you have competition. How high is that going to go? Um that's going to be huge for them. Canada paid five billion dollars. I would imagine it's more in the U.S. So yeah, I would I would think it's going to be some big bucks. And then, fingers crossed, salary cap should be going back up. That'll help, right? And then gambling. Who knows? Like what what states legalize gambling going forward? Maybe New York at some point. We got to get Cuomo um, going on that. We got we got to get him Canada going on a little that. bit more. Yeah. Right? Like can't you can't have this happen? No, come on. I don't want to turn this into my, my take on legalizing gambling, but it's just, it would be good for the cap going up. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, well, exactly. So all those things considered, it really plays into someone's advantage, specifically a younger person who turns 24 in May, right? Like May 20th or something like that? I, be- I believe so. I believe it's um, May. Yeah, so like that that plays into his advantage to get, it, get this done. Bridge deal for now. Longer deal going forward, right? Like he'd only be twenty five 
when that bridge deal would expire technically. So it's it's, it's to his advantage. No, absolutely. So um, with that, the the Islanders do get some some cap relief from from Johnny Boychuk. We're gonna see what happens. Like we said, Lou still has more work to do. Whether it's Andrew Ladd going to LTIR also, but I think we're gonna start to see some dominoes fall now. Well, they they still have to figure out what's going on with the season, which we'll get to in a second here. Yes. Uh, and once once they do that, I would imagine more things start happening. That that's why things are happening now, right? Because like players are getting ready, players and teams are getting ready for whenever this 2021 season is going to start. Absolutely. So let's get into that now, Mitch, and talk about the return to play options. I don't know. Did you see uh, Pierre Lebrun's article on The Athletic with his different playoff um, implications? I, I read it briefly, and after a while, I was like, I don't care right now because this doesn't matter to me. This, I, I don't care about the playoffs. I want season first. I I agree with you. Uh, here, Here's how I'll rope it together. I think yeah. his first plan it, well, is makes the most sense. So essentially what he is saying is that they would have to do the the Canada division and then yeah. there would be the uh, was the east, the west and the central. I think they yeah, divided sure. it into Yeah, let's just call on that. Sure. Um so essentially those it would be a ton of division games during the regular season and then yeah. in the playoffs in in his first plan it would be the top four teams from each division make the playoffs, and the one plays the four in your division, the two and the three play each other. Then you move on, and whoever advances, they play. And then from there, obviously, you'd have to you'd ha- either have to play against uh, Canada or the Central or you know West, depending on what division you're in. Um, to me, that logically makes the most sense. It's not the perfect plan. I'm not sitting here saying that's the most ideal, but of our options, I think that's probably the best, if that makes any sense. Isn't that what they did for like a long time in the NHL before that? Like yes. in the nineties? Yes. Wasn't that how it was? No, he did. He did say that's how, how it used to be. Yes. I forget which decade he said specifically, but it was. Uh, he was saying like it's all like the old the Patrick and Wales stuff. Well, like you beat up on each other all year, and then you're gonna go into the like a tournament and play someone else. It just it just feels weird, right? Like yeah. Let's say you're the Islanders, and you 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 play. You, sure enough, you play every other team in the league, but you you mostly focus on division even in a regular year. And then your first round matchup, let's say based on how seating works, you play the Montreal Canadiens, who you face three times in the year. It just feels weird. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. To, to now, now you get to face someone within division. God, hopefully it's not Boston, but like you play the Boston Bruins, who you just played like 20 times. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And like that's the one selling point of the NHL is these like rivalries. As much as I hate to admit it, the NHL is very much entrenched in these rivalries. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, man, like nothing more like a playoff rivalry. But now add like 20 games worth of context going into it. Good Lord. That's going to be some made-to-watch TV right there. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And and like you said, it, it's it starts to build up that that rivalry, and we see the teams don't like each other, and it's fun. And I really, all I care about is just getting getting a season and the safest way possible. And I think this is the safest way to do it because it's not like you're really tra- or you're limiting the traveling to what it would normally be. So I, I think that's probably the best way to do it and and like i said man and i think you feel the same way I, I just want there to be some semblance of a season as long as it's safe i don't really it doesn't matter to me if they have to realign the divisions or whatever yeah the safest option is the best option for mm-hmm. whatever if it's the islanders have to play out west for two weeks straight do it sure. I, if it's bubble I, I don't i don't care of course the players do so yeah, like yeah. Uh, as well they have to agree to it and that's kind of the sticking issue that we're at now with this return to play thing right, right? is that we're talking about playoffs, but without playoff, without the regular season, we don't have that. And as it stands now, the NHLPA and NHL are not talking. Like Donald Fair and Gary Bettman have not spoken directly for a week. That yeah. has not been the case for a while now. Right. Like they're usually communicating, uh, from what I've read daily, uh, this is a problem. No, it definitely is. I don't like that at all. Now, that might just be them like, OK, let's take a break. Let's go to our camps, figure out what we want. Right. Like this is part of any sort of negotiation process, which sucks because like they just negotiated four months ago. Right. Yes. This is shouldn't have to do this again. But here we are. No. Uh, let's go back to our various camps. What is the 
absolute, like the least that we can give you? What is the most? Like, what are our barometers here? And then let's get to the table. Once right. we know how far we can go and how far we're not willing to go, now let's let us meet and let meet in the middle somehow. Right, exactly. And, and at that point, like, they got to start getting this thing moving. Like, the NBA has their stuff figured out already. And the, the NHL, it's like... It's it's Thanksgiving. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Then it's going to be Christmas. Like, wh- what are we doing here? If you allegedly want to come back in January, which at this point, I, I don't see how that's physically possible. Like, you got to get the wheels moving today, like now. Yeah, well, they wanted to open camps. As far as I remember, was December 7th should have been opening day for camps. That's less than two weeks from now. Right. What's the quarantine like for international travel in the States? Is it, is it's it two, two weeks? weeks, I would imagine? It's t- I. Don't quote me on that. They might have reduced it in some areas to 10 days, but it's it's two weeks. Okay, so let's say 10 days. We're still within that realm for, let's say, like an Oliver Walsham coming over and coming over from Sweden, mm-hmm. right? But like AIK plays on Friday. I don't imagine Walsham leaves just yet because we've seen, what's his name? Uh, God, Simon Holmstrom. I shouldn't call him what's his name. That's regressive. Anyways, Simon Holmstrom already left. So like Walsham could leave, let's say, Saturday. Well, 10 days, even from Saturday, we have seven. That brings us to the eighth, I believe, right? Five, six. Yeah, the eighth is is the end of the quarantine. So he can't join them until the ninth, which would arguably the third day of, of training camp. If, like you said, mm-hmm. the NHL and NHLPA get their stuff together and figure out a start to the season for December 7th, which, again, is less than two weeks away. How are they going to hammer out a season in two weeks? They have like huge economic issues to deal with. I I, I know. I, I don't see this resolution coming anytime soon or, or soon enough to the point where they could start doing that. It, it's going to be a little bit more, which makes me believe that we're looking at maybe February to get this thing getting back in gear. That's too long, man. I agree. That, but- that would suck for someone like a Simon Holmstrom who's already come over, right? Like. I, I know he's going to World Juniors, but that's not for another month. Mm-hmm. Um, like, come on now. Come on. Do you think maybe they know something that the public doesn't yet? Uh, well, Lou probably does. I, I would say Lou does. Um, and he probably knows where this is heading and how long this might take. You know, of course, there's always complications in anyone's plan. Like, even Batman has it doesn't have every plan laid out. Right. Um <laughs> So, yeah, maybe Lou knows something, but if if there was a certain, like, they, they know it's going to start December 7th, I think we would have seen, well, we'll probably see something tomorrow that Wallstrom's, like, coming back. Koivel is coming back, right? Um, I don't know about Skarek, but I would imagine Skarek as well. Yeah, I think so. But that one throws me off because, like, they just sent him over a week ago. He's played, what, like, three games so far for Pilithat? It would just seem weird to like, you need three games, let's go. For a guy who's definitely playing at the AHL level. Right. It's Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. That would seem a little weird if they just pulled the plug on that after three games. Right. I think it's only been three. Like I think he just played today three. I haven't looked up his stats yet. They have two up on elite prospects, but I think including today it's three. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So it would be that would seem kind of wasteful. Right, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens there. But like as it stands now, I, I I'm not sure that they can get this done for January first. I I want it to happen. Agreed. They, they don't need a full month of training camps, right? Like no, they they can have like three weeks of training camps, no exhibition games. Although I don't think the players will like that too much. But specifically teams who haven't played since March. But no, but I think that's where we're at. That that's what the NFL had to do. They canceled their four preseason games. So I think that might be it. So maybe we get this done like December 14th instead. Okay. All right. That's making me feel a little bit better because I was nervous. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't want this to start in, in February. Maybe I'm being a little bit greedy here, but I want to get the I want to get the wheels in motion a little bit more. Well, so does the NHL, right? They want a Stanley Cup awarded July 15th at the very latest. Yeah. Uh, and you're not going to because they want to eventually start 2020 20, or 21, 22 on time. That's not going to happen if we keep pushing and pushing and pushing, right? No, 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 no. But if you're able to finish up by July 15th, that's only what, like a month after it normally does? Um, Is it? No, it's, it's about right. July 15th? Well, the draft's usually in late June. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Free agency's, well, ju- free agency's <laughs> July 1, usually. So it's about. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, about four weeks after, roughly, give or take. <laughs> 
it's usually July. It's not Jesus Murphy. I have no idea what day it is well, today. That might end up being a better thing for us because we're going to have less downtime. I feel like in a year from well, now, right? We're, yeah, we're they, in the midst right now. We're just plugging along still. But think about this, Mitch. We're a year out from pretty much just straight content all the way through for a year. Oh, God, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me, please. I need content, baby. Yes, absolutely. Anything else on the return to play? No, because nothing is really happening right now. So, like, hopefully that shakes out soon enough and we, we get some news. But, like, as it stands now, it's not looking great. Absolutely. So let's talk about Michael Dalcole because you wrote something this past week. Uh, and, and basically you were just posing the question, can Michael Dalcole be a surprise this year? So do you want to explain what you d- define what you mean by a surprise? And I guess we'll just talk through whether or not we think he can do it. Like, can Michael Dalcole put up 30 points this year? Uh, That's the surprise, right? That would be a surprise. Yeah, so like thirty, uh, a thirty point pace over an eighty-two game season. We're talking, right? Yeah. Let Let's just say, like, assume it's an eighty-two game season. We know it's not. Just for clarity's sake, so we yeah, don't yeah. have to get into like the well, point six points per game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, it wouldn't even be that. Uh, but yeah, a thirty points over a full season. Do we think we can get that from Michael Dalcole this year? I I really don't see a scenario in which that happens. So, of course, and I, I have no facts. It's not like I'm going to be like, ha, I got you. Think of this. Okay. His shooting percentage was real. No, I have, I have nothing. There's nothing saying that he's absolutely going to do that. It was complete speculation by my part, but like it's offseason month number 18 of the last like 19 months. So <sighs> like we're, we're, we're running on fumes here, but let, let's just look at it this way. This is going to be the third year for Michael Duckhole in the NHL, right? Yes. In his third year in the AHL, he stepped up big, big. Year two, he had a down year. It was awful. Okay. That's the, he's kind of flowing in that arc. He had an okay first year in the the AHL as well as the NHL. It wasn't great, but like what, 10 points over, I think like 40 some odd games. Let me just bring up the stats. Pull it up. That sounds about right. I I was going to say 10 in like, my guess was going to be 38, but I don't know off the top of my head. It's less than that. So it's seven in 28. Okay. Um, in year one. And then it's 10 in 53. So like a lot worse. Jesus Christ. In year two. Right. And and that's kind of the arc that he was playing <clears throat> with in the AHL. Right. He was going like, okay, year regressed heavily the next year. And then boom, figured it out year three. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going. Like, maybe he figures it out. It's a very much a maybe situation. Maybe he figures it out year three in the NHL. Now that he's been under Barry Trotz for two years, he knows what his assignment is, and he's going to have hella competition for that place. Okay. Um, I am hoping he does. That would be great if you had a 30 point player on that third line. I don't. Well, and I don't that's, buy that's it, where but... I'm going. Right. I'm just like, there's so many factors into like. <sighs> He's got to figure it out now, because if he doesn't figure it out now, via Condios, my man, like his career is 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 uh, contract is up this year, and then that's it. Peace out. Yeah, at that point, I I don't know, and it's not even about the top five pick status or or where he's drafted no. or anything. It's at this point, like, what can you do to move the needle forward? Because we, I, I feel like anytime we're on here talking about Del Cole, that we're we're talking about how he's he's flatline. He's not going to move you forward. He's not going to necessarily be detrimental. But I would argue that if he is playing on the third line with Pajot and Komarov or insert player here on the right side, and he's giving you like 15 points or 18 points or whatever he was on pace for this year, like... I would argue that 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 is actually kind of detrimental to have a player like that on your third line because you need someone to move the needle a little bit forward, more forward than what he would. Well, and that's just it. That's when it gets to the competition thing because you've got other guys that could come in and maybe do more. Like, do we not think Otto Koivula can maybe do more in that position? I think so. Yeah, I would think so too. And and like, what's Michael Del Cole's redeeming quality if he's not putting up points? He's a good defensive player with a big body. Guess what? So is Otto Koivula. He's actually bigger and he's better defensively. Yeah, I I I agree. I would rather I would rather see a player like that because and on top of it, we talk about or a lot of people rather say that oh oh Michael Duckhole is pretty good defensively. Okay, if that's if that's the truth, put him on the penalty kill. Have we seen him yeah. once ever on the penalty kill? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm sure he's got to have some. Let me look it up. Natural can stat you, trick. Can you look it up for his career? 
Yes. Is that possible? Because I absolutely I don't remember. And now, obviously, there's got to be a few seconds of penalty kill time, I'd imagine. But sure. But you're not talking like 20 minutes of power play time, penalty kill time. No, if it's anything over like three minutes, I think I'll be surprised. Okay, so he's played. Uh, how, how many games he played in, in the league? He had 54 plus 28, right? And, and then he had a little small cameo at the beginning of, of uh, 17, 18, right? right. Mm-hmm. So that's 30, 80. Let's round it up to, to round it to like 90 games, right? I'm sure it's more than that, but let's just say 90. Sure. How many minutes do you think he has on the penalty kill over those 90 games? Two, 240. 112. Oh, my God. <laughs> a minute 12 a minute 12 and it was all this year wow in 1920 that's it that's it from michael duck hole in the penalty kill so you're right like and that that's the thing with the islanders though right specifically in those two years 1819 and 1920 under barry trotz there are other players that he trusts more on the penalty kill of course that, that's just how it works i i'm now interested because koivla has played a bit right yeah he's played 10 games i think in the nhl Otto Koivula has 12 games played in the NHL, apparently. I, yeah. And also has a minute 12 on the power play. A penalty <laughs> kill. <laughs> oh, you can't make it up. So, like, the deck, the, the, deck, the deck is stacked against, I put stacked and deck together for some stupid reason, against Michael Dalcole. Oh, like, the man. position is probably his to lose, but right behind him is Otto Koivula, who is playing out in Finland and killing it. He's straight up killing it in Finland. He's got like 11 points over his last 12 games or something like that. It might even be flipped. It might be 12 over 11. Um, Like, just absolutely killing it. It's actually 11 over 12. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. No, 11 over 10. My God, I can't talk tonight. You you can't, like, he's he's breathing down Michael Dalcole's neck. So maybe that gives Dalcole the motivation to do more. I hope it does. I really hope it does. But I am leaning more toward. I would rather see Otto Koivula out there than Michael Dalcole. I don't know what your take is on that. I know that he's only played in twelve games in the NHL, but just based on how both of those guys project and what he's done in the AHL and now over um, playing overseas during this time, I, I'd rather see Koivula out there. Yeah. Uh- I'm not going to say I'd rather see him because I want to see this work, right? Like I want to see this kid. I don't want to see people fail. Like it really, it, now that you bring in, well, I bring in mm-hmm. the fifth overall pick thing. It really makes me feel a little sad to be like, this guy had everything. And now it's, it just, it, it just isn't right. It, he, he has done nothing necessarily wrong, right? He's not waking up late for camp. He's not showing up late to practice. He's not a bum in the room. Yep. He, he seemingly tries hard, and it's just not working for him, and that kind of sucks. No, it does. It does, and I, I feel bad, but how many times can we keep trying to run this back? Right, and that that's the point. Like, at a certain point, you can't just pity the guy and go, oh, let's just, we feel bad. Let's put him out there. Sorry, it's a performance-based industry, and we got a kid who's bigger, stronger, faster, better than you. We have to give it to him. It sucks. It really does, but... That's how it works, and you knew that. Yep, 100%. I agree with you. So to to answer your question, I would be very surprised if Dal Cole puts up a 30-point season. As would I, which is why I wrote it. I'd be very surprised if he puts up a 30-point season. And I'm kind of with you. I think the position is, is Koivla's. Now, with that being said, do you think it's Koivla's over someone like Wallstrom? I would personally... So if we're doing... Order, I would rather see Wallstrom, but if I had my choice between Koivala and um, Dow Cole, I would I would put Koivala ahead. I, I don't know. My question is more who, who do, you, do think you think gets it? Not who you think should. So who do you think gets it between Dow Cole, Koivala, Wallstrom? I would think Dow Cole. Just based on okay. but at the same time, I'm apprehensive to say that because it really did seem like he fell out of favor in the playoffs. He only played in three games. That that's what I'm thinking. I've got Koivil up there. I don't think I. Walsham's gonna have gonna have to have a crazy camp. I think. Okay. I believe. I feel like this position is probably gonna go to Koivula and not Walsham, and Walsham starts in the AHL unless he has like a crazy camp. Yeah, look, yeah. He just came back from injury and already scored. So that's perfect for the Islanders. I really want to. I really, really want to see Wallstrom, but 
I again, I'm, I'll say it again, but I'd rather see see Quavo over Dow Cole. Um, and I would be I would be intrigued with Quavo because I think he could be a versatile player. Like he can play on the wing and at center, and I feel like he could fill yeah. in on either of those bottom two lines. That's right, and he's good defensively. Trotz yeah. already trusts him defensively, like from Trotz's mouth. I trust him in the defensive end. Yeah. So, like, what more do you want, right? Whereas he does not have that trust in Oliver Wallstrom just no. yet, and I don't think he ever will. No, not not defensively. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Koivula over Wallstrom, if that's kind of what you were phrasing. Yes, absolutely. Sorry if I, I long-winded way of phrasing it. No, yes. no, no. I, I completely get it. Anything else on MDC before we get into the quiz? That's it. That's all I've got. All right, let's do it, man. All right. As we do every week... To those who have heard us before, it is episode 171 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. And Matt, you have five clues to guess a mystery Islanders player who's done 171 of something. Not games, because I, I couldn't find someone who's played either 171 or even 71 games for the Islanders. That that you would have got. Okay. Like, I, I could have, like, there were two other guys. I was like, it's, I, no, it's just not going to happen. So, five clues. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Clue number one. I was a fourth-round pick in 2009. Not telling you what team. Fourth-round pick in 2009. Okay, next. I have 66 points in 83 games at the AHL level. 66 points in 83 games at the AHL level. Okay, next. I'm a center. Zizekis. That is correct. Okay. Good job. I didn't think you'd get Zizekis so quick. Uh, I had I play center first, and I was going like, ah, no, I have to move that back a bit. Uh, and then I was going to go, I had 20 goals in 1819. That uh-huh. probably would have given it away right there. Yep. Uh, and then I'm the beating heart of the Islanders. Would have been five to definitely give it away. Yep. No, that, that, that would have done it. I... I originally thought when you said, when you let off the first one with, I'm not saying which team, that's why I didn't go Sezikis right away. And then it took me a couple of seconds. And then once you, once you said the points in the H, I was like, I, I, I know he didn't play a whole lot in the A. So I think that's who it is. So that was the logic behind it. Very sound reasoning by your part. Uh, I threw that by a team on purpose to throw you off. Okay. It, it worked. Make, like to imply that it wasn't the Islanders, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you tricked me. Briefly. That's what it's all about, baby. <laughs> all right, let's get into the social segment. What's going around on Isles Twitter? Mitch, what do you got for us this week? Um, first one comes from Burner Account, at Tavares Fraud. So you tweeted out earlier, what is your favorite uh, Johnny Boychuk memory? Uh, and this is this is uh, from Burner Account saying, this one outside the hotel before game one against the Panthers in 2016. I had my 55 jersey and called out to him and he came over and signed my jersey and said, I wasn't signing today until I saw you. And he's got face painted blue and orange and it's our boy Spiz. I, I didn't realize it was our boy Spiz until I saw the picture and I was like, hey, look at that. I was going to say, I was if you didn't say that right then and there, I was going to say, you know who that is, right? Yeah. Well, actually, he told me about it. He told me that it was that that he had done this. I'd seen it earlier in the day, but I, for some reason, I didn't look at the picture. Uh-huh. I don't know why I didn't. The picture didn't come up. I don't get it. Anyways, and then yeah, there it is. Good old Spiz with that. What is that cookie duster? Spiz was this taken in? Definitely not November. He's got a little cookie duster over his lip there. That I'm gonna have to talk to him about because like, it's it's gonna need some work. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, my first one comes from Anders Lee. So he tweeted out, anyone who knows JB knows he is one of a kind in every way. He is a selfless teammate who never backed down, shot every rimmed puck, has a heart of gold and touch of moderns and touch of moderns top customer. But above all, he is always there for you. I'm lucky to call you my friend. Love you, BZ. But specifically, I wanted to talk to you about the face swap picture. <laughs> have you seen that? That is tremendous. I have. So it's, when that was a thing of a few years ago on, on Snapchat, the the face swap thing, you got Anders Lee's face on Boychuk's body and Boychuk's face on Lee's body, which is just tremendous content. I love it. Unfortunately, the lighting is unequal, so they, it, you can tell the difference. But like, if the lighting on the faces were equal, it would look weird. It would definitely look weird. It does. Uh, yeah. P.S. Boychuk is one hairy boy. Like the shoulders, even his shoulders, he's got hair going on there. 
Yeah. I wish yeah. I had like, that chest hair at least. My God, I got like six little hairs there. <laughs> yeah, he he's definitely he's more more manly than both of us. That that's for sure. <laughs> Combined. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what else? My next one comes from Anton J eight five, who tweets out um, gifts from uh, overseas, and it is Oliver Walsham scoring a goal. And it is pretty. It's so pretty. He takes the puck over right before the blue line and skates into the zone, squeaks by two defenders. If you haven't seen it, go look it up at Anton J85. You can even go look it up on mine, uh, and I've retweeted it. Splits the 2D, walks in, and just fires it over the goalie. The goalie was kind of misplaying the path or the play, but like whatever, you know, you still got to take a shot. And he does and just gets it right up in the toy department. It was absolutely beautiful from, from a kid. This was 13 minutes into his first game back from injury. He was out like four weeks. Wild stuff. Just great to see from this kid. That's awesome. We, we love that. We liked, obviously, we don't want to see him hurt, but the fact that he came no. back and made an impact right away is phenomenal. Absolutely. So good job by him. That's five points in seven games, I believe, there in Sweden. Nice. My last one comes from Devontae's, and this is going to be Johnny Boychuk heavy, but it's this was too good of a story not to share. So he says, everyone knows JB as the warrior that he is, but he's truly more than that. JB gave this to me after I scored my first NHL goal. I I will never forget a gesture like that from a guy I have always looked up to. We'll miss you, BZ, and congrats on an incredible career. And it's a wine bottle. It looks like a wine bottle that's engraved with the score of the game, the Islanders logo three versus Blackhawks two. It says OT game winning goal, the date, NASA Coliseum, and first NHL goal, Devontae. That is so – that's sick. That That is awesome. One, just like the, the bottle in itself, but for Boychuk to, to do that is also phenomenal. Does he do this for all the players? I don't know. I really don't I would know. imagine so. Like, I don't think like you're just kind of like sitting in your stall one day like, hey, he just scored his first goal. What if I engrave a bottle of wine, right? It seems like such a weird thing to, to do. Uh, obviously outside of the context of the Islanders, right? I don't know if Devontae's drinks a lot of wine. I don't know if Boychuk's a big wine drinker. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any of this stuff, but like, it just seems like a weird thing. So I would imagine he does this a lot, but it's still a really cool thing. Like not only does, you know, I'm sure Devontae's isn't going to forget his first NHL goal, but now to have that, that cool piece to just kind of put around and, and just, it's just so thoughtful. Yep. Right. Cause again, all the thought that goes into preparing something like that. Incredible. Absolutely. Did you have another one? My last one comes from at TSN underscore sports. I think it's just some random burner account. Never heard of them before. Anyways, they just, they, they did something that kind of caught my eye. And um, so I, I want to make sure I read this right. Tavares's contract might be the Leafs worse unless they win. Oh, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I have all, all day for this type of content all day, all day. You, Mitch, I, I, yes, these are just, these are the things that you just hate to see. There are sometimes in life there you, you come across things and you see it and you go, oh, you hate to see that. And this is one of those times. <laughs> it really, we're so giddy when we see this. Um, and it, I, I wish no ill will to Tavares because mm-hmm. of like, I, I don't know. I think the contract is justified. You have like an 85 point, was it like center? Yeah, that's incredible. Like any team would pay that for him. That's why there were six teams trying to get him given that kind of money. Um, but it, it just it's so quick and how they turn on players like they're so happy to have like international hug John Tavares Day. And by international, I mean like the GTA area, because that's all that matters to them. Oh, of course. Um, the GTA area is all is all giving him a hug because he had he was abused on NASA and NASA abuse is strong. Um, but now it's like, he's the worst contract unless we win. If we don't win, this guy's dead to us. Throw him in the river. What? Like, no, like, no. Yes, he came to win, but like, no one has won for a long time. All right. This is clearly not just the money you gave Tavares. Relax, people. Maybe you have to look at the money you gave Mitch Marner. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough. It's, 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 again, these are things you hate to see, but in all honesty, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad contract. I think any, like you said, any team would pay that for John Tavares. We would have gladly paid that money for John Tavares. For of course. Sure. Of course. Absolutely. I, yeah. No, it's a fair contract for sure. So 
that's going to do it for us. Before we get out of here, let's do a couple of plugs. So wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and a review. That really helps us out. We appreciate it. And during this Thanksgiving season, we just want to say we are thankful for, for you and for you for because uh, without it, we wouldn't be able to keep doing this all the time. So we appreciate each and every one of you. Very thankful. Absolutely. Always giving thanks. Well, maybe not on the podcast, but right now in my head, you should know that I'm always giving thanks. There you go. So um, also you can follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is metal Leary NY, and you can follow Mitch at TLO Mitch Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could download our app with the eyes on aisles app available for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website eyes on aisles.com. And last but not least, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You get a mailbag show, post game shows, deep dives on topics, a live stream, with Mitch, uh, I'm missing things even. The live stream is the best one, really, for me. I, I love doing the, it's like a hangout with all my friends. Yeah. Because uh, my friends are really, uh, the, honestly, those are my friends. Uh, and we, we play NHL 21 for an hour. I uh, just got NHL 21, so it's, it's going to be a good time. Uh, and yeah, come on, come on by and join the fun. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us on episode 171. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.